0: good evening everybody it is another fireside chat with uh huey dewey and louie manny Mo, and jack <laughs> rob rob robin and dave uh,
1: just gonna call you rob Is yeah, that yeah, okay? yeah 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 <laughs>
0: um but uh it's it's again this whole week I, I don't even know what day of the week it is my sleep cycle's all messed up uh <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. It's <laughs> true. But uh, just on a uh, that's on a lighter note, uh, we'll, we'll go through some updates. Um, I was grateful that the city manager, uh, Drew Powers, um, the county gives the updates, the stats um, around six or seven o'clock at night through all the county hospitals. And yesterday when I gave the stats, we heard about 35 total cases in, um, in the Ventura County region. And then the stats came in for that day um, after we had already began the broadcast. And I asked him if he would uh, try to get them to me a little bit quicker, and he got them to me again tonight. So we have two days uh, of an increase. So we have yesterday's updated and then today's. So it'll seem like a large jump from 35 to what we're about to show you. But in reality, it's two days of data. And so uh, here it is, here's the current status of the coronavirus in Ventura County. Um, We have 61 cases, still one death, uh, 61 cases. And again, it says March 24th. I'm trying to do this as fast as I can, it's March 26th. This is the latest up to date. We got these stats for today, all the county hospitals. uh, This is for March 26th, 61 cases, and it breaks down this way. Uh, We've got uh, uh, an increase in every area, but again, here in Thousand Oaks, you can see that we went from five cases to now, I believe that's eight, and um, uh, we've added uh, Westlake Village has three, and one was in uh, Lake Sherwood, but I uh, incorporated that into Westlake Village so uh, there's a couple of other areas, and that is not necessarily that the the virus itself is increasing, but folks are being tested. And this is very critical, and we'll cover that um, tonight. And then the breakdown as to um, who has this virus and the ones that at least have been tested and found to have it, uh, we're looking at uh, the older age groups are the primary You have uh, 45 to 64 is the largest and then 65 and older. Second was 17, Uh, 25 to 44 is 14, 18 to 24 is four. And then only one zero to 17 has uh, tested positive for the COVID-19. Again, the population of Ventura County, 854,223. Population of Thousand Oaks, 128,995. You guys are going to have that memorized by the time uh, we get to go back to work. You're going to know the size of the county and the city. There's 61 cases out of 854,223. There's eight cases in our city out of a population of 128,995. And then, of course, deaths in Ventura County, one out of 854,223. A person was over 70 years of age, still don't know male or female, haven't been given any update no comorbidity cormid- comorbidity comorbidity. Oh gosh, yeah, no uh, no other conditions that w- we we don't know if there was comorbidity, and uh, here is the worldwide statistics. Uh, the USA has now surpassed China uh, in total number of deaths. Um, now that's not to shock everybody because China. We don't know. Um, there's 21 million cell phones in China that no longer are answering. Uh, so we don't know. Uh, re- we really don't know their statistics. Uh, that that country was hit heavily. Uh, it is a fascist nation. We don't we don't have clarity there. They kept it secret for uh, three weeks, which caused it to spread and allowed plane flights. And uh, they arrested eight physicians who were speaking of this and wanting the world to know. So uh, I, I don't really trust any of the numbers in relation to uh, uh, China, but let's go back, if we could, to the the slide um, of, uh, of the world um, numbers. Um, we we have 80, 80, 85,258 cases and um, new cases are 17,000. Now again, that's testing has been incorporated, easily accessible. The number we're looking at is deaths. 1,293 contributed to uh, the coronavirus. That's uh, an increase of over 250. And the total deaths per 1 million population, that number far to the right, for every 1 million people in the United States, 4 die from this illness. That is minimal compared to... um, Gosh, drug overdose, heart disease, uh, diabetes, Mm. flu, uh, very extensive. This is minimal. I just want everyone to see the numbers, process it, and realize everything's, we're doing okay. And just relax a little bit. Um, Let's put it even into more perspective to calm and quiet our nerves. Population U.S., 327.2 million 85,268 cases out of 327.2 million. I could do the percentage, but I don't know how. And uh, I was in too much of a hurry. But if you know how to do that, do it at home and you'll realize it's minuscule. Uh, deaths 1,293 deaths out of 32, uh, 327.2 million, four deaths per one million. This is worldwide total confirmed cases. 529,591, what is the world population, 7 billion or 6? 7 billion? So let's just, all right, let's say 6.5 billion people. A billion is a 1,000 million. Uh, we're looking at 529,591,000 cases, minuscule compared to the world population. But granted, we don't have testing in Africa. Well um, but the areas that are being hardest hit, Uh, There's strong tracking. Now, there's been 122,150 total recovered. Total deaths is 23,970. Interesting news today on the status of COVID-19, the coronavirus, the Wuhan virus, the the China virus. Fill in the blank, whatever you want. Um, We know what it is. Uh, But here's a statistic. Uh, As of The 19th of March, COVID-19 is no longer considered to be a high-consequence infectious disease, HCID, in the United Kingdom. They have determined that several features have now changed. In particular, uh, more information is available about mortality rates, low overall, and there's now greater clinical awareness and uh, a specific and sensitive laboratory test, the availability of which continues to increase. And then here is their definition of an HCID, acute infectious disease, typically has a high case fatality rate, may not have uh, effective prophylaxis or treatment, often difficult to recognize and detect rapidly, uh, ability to spread in a community and within healthcare settings, requires an enhanced individual population and system response to ensure it is managed effectively, efficiently and safely. The, The bottom line is, E- the United Kingdom has declared that this is is not um as severe as they w- they thought it would be yeah. and the e- epidemiologist e- e- pr- pronounce that word yeah.
1: epidemiology
0: epidemiologist epi- yeah. uh the one who was responsible for um most of the countries responding to the lockdown yeah. uh revised his uh position on this um and I know that that he's revised it and then backtracked but they are expecting substantially less fatalities Mm -hmm. than originally predicted they were expecting two million in the united states if we did nothing and now they're looking at that and saying well not even remotely close.
1: Well, I mean, this is science, right? I I mean, we we make assumptions that we call theories, and we go ahead and test those theories in order to sift through and know the truth. So, you know, a few weeks ago, we didn't have the information that we have today, and we won't have the information that we have next week or in two months from now. So we're, we're constantly learning.
0: And we're rapidly coming to a place of, you know, wrapping our, uh, our mind around this and also responding in ways that are appropriate. And one in, in specifics is the economy, which we've been looking at and will continue to. Mm. Uh, we've got these two areas that we have to balance and understand. Um, a lot of folks were uh, commenting uh, that, uh, I- I- am I considered... Um, uh, an essential uh, workforce um, person to be able to come out and do these uh, these uh, live streams. And are they permitted to be here in regards to the shutdown? Well, uh, yes, I am. Here's proof. This is from the governor's office. Uh, he released this document Friday, March 20th, stating that pastors fall under the essential workforce category. Here's the bullet points from pages 10 and 11, section titled, Other uh, other community-based government operations and essential functions, essential workforce, faith-based services that are provided through streaming or other technology. So, wow. we're legit. Wow, that's, We're legit.
2: Yeah. At least you are. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah.
0: I ordain you that's for this okay. purpose.
2: <laughs> we are legit.
0: We are bringing comfort to the congregation Amen. and to the community of Thousand Oaks and all who would tune in um, to get clarity. And, and to make proper decisions and not operate in the context of fear, information dispels fear. Amen. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, let's get to your side of it, and then we're, we're going to jump back uh, to Dr. Robin. But David, uh, this is the stock market today, um, NASDAQ Composite, uh, had a little bounce there for the day, uh, up 413 points, and that seemed a
2: good, good day. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, we have been talking about that fear index, and uh, it went up to 22. And uh, it's interesting, there's seven ingredients that make that up, and one of them changed from extreme fear. Yesterday it was fear, and now it's actually defined as greed, and it's the the put-call option ratio, which is how many people are basically shorting versus how many people are long. So it's interesting, it's been creeping up, You know, most of the commentary saying we might have, uh, you know, it might come back down again. But it's back to the graphs that we've been showing for the last two or three days, which is um, stick in there. You know, we're resilient.
0: Well, here's here's that graph uh, for those of you who uh, wonder what David's talking about. the, The graph, yeah, there it is, the graph of when the downturn occurred in 2008 uh, some people got out of the market, some people got out for a year and then got back in and others just wrote it out. The ones that wrote it out ended up doing far better than the ones that got out for a year or the ones that got out completely. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I think that, uh, what, uh, we continue to talk about or need to talk about is when Rob and I were talking about it, the information has to be reliable. So go to the source of your information <laughs> I've been talking to so many people that are either getting their information off of Facebook or a friend that is a ER doctor at Los Robles. It seems like everybody has a friend at the hospital that's giving them stats. I talked to my friend that's chief of staff there, or used to be chief of staff there last term, and he's saying three at Los Robles. Yes. Yet I talked to somebody that knows a doctor there that says it's way higher. So... The numbers that we've been looking at and trying to these are, get, count, these are official county numbers these are yeah. official. so i really encourage people like what we've been doing is go to the cdc either at the the county level the state level or the federal level and then it gets all fed into the world but go to the 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 source of the numbers I, because yeah. if if it's not accurate then what fear is being dispersed by inaccurate mm-hmm. information. And I've been noticing that there's a rumor mill. And if you put some drastic dynamic music behind it, it makes it.
0: Well, and, more so. and if you have an agenda, it, it, it's your ability to drive that agenda by skewing information in a way that benefits you. Um, and and we're, we're dispelling fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. And, and this information, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free, free from fear, free from anxiousness and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, pursue that. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is critical. Um, now, the the stock market went, oh, you're going to add something?
1: I, well, I, what I was going to say, I mean, I, it's my hope and prayer that what we do here is to help translate some of that information into wisdom. Yeah. To give people some tools to be able to look at the CDC website and understand what those numbers mean so that there's, they don't respond in fear because they don't understand it fully, but they actually have the tools to be able to incorporate it into their life and use that wisdom to be able to say, okay,
0: all and, right. And, and the wisdom with their finances because Absolutely. they've been entrusted as stewards 100%. and you don't operate yeah. by fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, and nor greed. Yeah. Right. Uh, you you operate in a manner that you, this is this. It's God's portfolio. Right. Um, operate right. properly. Trust right. Him. Ask Him. Right. You know. Spend some time in prayer. Yeah. Right. And
2: He'll do that for you. Right.
0: Yeah. Did, was there something else you want to say, or just want to say nope. right? Do I want to say? You just what? wanted to say right.
2: Yeah, right, okay. right. <laughs> I put my microphone down, right. Uh,
0: okay, so the stock market was doing well today. Uh, the the stimulus package passed, $2 trillion. Uh, here's some of the highlights of it. It's been hard to sift through. We haven't had the full version, or at least I haven't had access to it. There's a lot of pork in it. Uh, and and just some really tragic things uh, that the government thrust upon us. But um, here is uh, some key elements of the coronavirus emergency relief, which again still hasn't been released. But it's as follows: twelve hundred dollars for individual American workers making less than seventy-five thousand dollars a year; three thousand for the average American family of four making less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year; five hundred billion for corporations to stay in business. Also, we have $350 billion in loans to small businesses if they make payroll without layoffs. They have no loan repayment. This is debt forgiveness, actually, be considered a grant. $200 billion for domestic priorities, $150 billion for state and local governments, $130 billion for small and rural payments, and $100 billion for hospitals. Um, let me just add this, I know that uh, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, folks said that a large portion of this, almost $50,000 per congress member for a raise uh, that's a misnomer it didn't go for a raise for congress members it went so that they could set up live streaming from each of their locations for their constituents and to run the hardware and the like and to have somebody staff it. it whether that's wise money spent Understand it didn't go for a raise um, to the, the Congress members. Um, there, there's, there, We've got to be careful, folks. It, don't just keep passing stuff on because
2: somebody emailed you it. Study and find it out. You were going to say something? Well, I think that... Uh The information I got some of this from a friend that says small business owners or sole proprietors need to really go out and research this and see the resources that are available to them. Because if they just go off the news stories or conjecture, they won't find out. There's a lot of neat things that the the government did here to help out small business owners. So there's a real need to dig down a little bit and find out what's available to you.
0: Robert Tyler from Tyler Birch, who's an attorney who works with churches, has done a a remarkable amount of work on behalf of the churches in the state of California, allowing us to see that as small businesses, in a sense, we have access to this uh, to help with congregations because we're being devastated financially in many respects. So... um, you know, th- th- there's a lot of folks out there doing the the sifting through this work and making it simple, so that uh, pastors like me can absorb it. Which uh, you got to put the cookies at the bottom shelf if I'm going to get it. Uh, now th- th- we're going <laughs> to. I'm going to bring you in, Dr. Robin. Uh, you asked us to put this uh, slide up and uh, yeah. explain it to us. So, for That's, that's good to okay. use
2: the sixth grade uh, textbook uh, as opposed to uh, the college one. Uh, you got it. That's exactly <laughs>
1: correct. So so I was hoping that we could just have a quick moment here. I've been getting a lot of questions um, that are reflecting to me that people really need to understand what is a viral infection. Let's just go right back to the beginning and understand how that works because if you understand that, then actually, it, one, it's less scary. Two, um, you, you understand about some of these new technologies and treatments that are coming out and you'll understand why they're important. Uh, and then three, you're going to be able to understand where this is going to go in the future. And this is, you know, we're getting to the stage now where we're thinking, you know, ahead. Yeah. And, uh, and I think having an understanding of this, my favorite quote in the world is, um, is that statistics is like a lampstand or like a street, street light where its purpose is to illuminate your path, but it's often used by the drunkard, for support. Yeah. And the, and the truth is that that we we need to use what God has given us the knowledge that he's given us to be able to rightly apply it. So yeah. let's let's do that with viruses All right now. Right let's take the a beginning. look at it. So so this is what we call the life cycle of a virus, and uh, you can see it's, it's broken up into six main steps. The first step is when the actual virus attaches onto the cell, and this is very important. And actually, recently, we've learned about the different receptors that, uh, that the COVID virus actually attaches onto. Okay. And uh, that particular receptor has some implications. Uh, it's actually the ACE2 receptor, which is um, used in, in high blood pressure medication. So people taking hi- certain high blood pressure medication are actually more susceptible to have major consequences because of this. Yeah. You're getting more virus, more vir- viri- viruses attaching onto your cells. So the second is when the virus actually through endocytosis goes into the cell it uncoats itself or it sort of releases its genetic material. Remember, it's this protein uh, uh, COVID that's, that's actually uh, surrounding it and inside of it is genetic material, RNA. It released into the, uh, into the interior of the cell and then it, it combines inside your own nucleus. So it actually combines with your own DNA. Wow! So once you've been infected with a virus, that your genetic material is different forever, which is why we can start to tell who's been infected and who hasn't. It it utilizes our own genetic um, creation mechanisms, our own machinery, to then make more of itself. Now, in that assembly phase and into the release phase, that's when more new viruses are released into the world. And of course, the problem with This particular virus is it does that over a long period of time, yeah, right, and that's why you have asymptomatic people that it's releasing this you know new viruses over a long period of time. There's a a relatively new study that came out of Germany that said that people are that people are still releasing virus or shedding virus ten days from when they first became symptomatic. Okay, okay. So if you started to feel sick. A little over a week later, you're still shedding virus, so the two-week quarantine actually makes sense, yeah. right? Because you're from Forget the it. moment that you're symptomatic, two weeks later, you shouldn't be shedding a significant amount of virus. So anyway, I just wanted to. I wanted to. That's that's that's. This is good science. This is the basics of of, of virology and understanding. You know how we actually do that, and uh, you know I'd love to chat more about that. And, you know the next step is. You know wouldn't it be cool if if we tricked it? Well, guess what, every antiviral therapy addresses one point in that chart. Amazing. So antibodies prevent the virus from attaching onto the cell by replicating that receptor it needs to attach onto. So that's, right, to prevent it from attaching. So there's a whole bunch of things that, that we can do pharmacologically at each of those stages. So chloroquine changes the pH, which helps prevent the virus from attaching. So these are all things that we're studying. And every single day, there's new evidence and data that comes out uh, based on this understanding.
0: And it's making us stronger. Exactly. Uh, As a nation and, uh, you know, human bodies. And uh, that brings me to a question. Um, This was asked. Uh, Actually, somebody very famous. I probably shouldn't say their name. You sent it to me. I won't say their name, though. Uh, They said, uh, so much fear out there. Um, Dr. Robin, what do you think about the germ theory? Medicine used to believe that germs, viruses, were going to get us. Medicine Mm. kind of got away from that and started to promote promote that if you keep the host strong, the germs Mm. won't get you. Now we seem to be getting back to the germ theory again. Statistically, the high percentage of deaths in China were men uh, at 15% and women at 2%. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's reported that 90% of the men over the age of 65 smoke cigarettes in China, women negligible. Mm -hmm. In Italy, 25% of the population smokes. Over 90 billion cigarettes are consumed in Italy in an average year, Mm -hmm. uh, 6,220 per Mm -hmm. smoker or an average of 17 cigarettes per day. Years back at a medical conference, this person said, I heard the presenter state, if you're a cigarette smoker, your your healing time is five times longer for any condition you may be suffering from. Here's my point. We know that smokers have depressed immune system. It is no secret that they have the highest incidence of heart disease, COPD, Mm -hmm. along with a whole host of other diseases. Many of these folks, now in their 70s and 80s, have compromised immune systems. It seems that if your body takes five times longer to heal, you don't have the capacity to win against the corona, the question is, do we shut down the U.S. economy because you decided to smoke cigarettes for the past 30, 40, or 50 years? Uh, this is a lifestyle you chose, and now the rest of us have to suffer. It seems a little crass in the, in one sense, but it, it um, is a question, and, yeah. I, I'm, and I I'm willing to... I think there's two questions. There's, there's, two, the questions. there's two questions. the germ theory, and there's... Yeah, that. there's two and questions. And by the way, if there's more questions, yeah. text them
1: to yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, So first off, germ theory. Okay, so... I mean, the origins of the germ theory was when we started to figure out that little tiny things were making us sick and we didn't know what to call them. So we said, hey, let's call them germs. Okay. And as time went on, of course, science is based on theories and we test those theories by observable evidence. So we want to gather information to be able to prove or disprove a particular theory. The germ theory has never been abandoned, we've just gotten really good at it. We figured out there's bacteria, there's things called viruses, there's all sorts of different things that are in the world that can make us sick Um, and uh, um, it's still a theory because in science we never fully prove anything. If everyone says, well science proved it, well that's not actually true. We don't prove anything, we just acquire evidence to support our claims and we get more and more evidence and then we get more and more confidence in a particular theory. So but, absolutely germ theory is a thing and that we, is we just
2: a categorize thing. the little critters Correct. or the germs into different 100% subs-
1: uh, absolutely, we're 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 uh, we're getting better and better at categorizing, and therefore knowing. Just as we talked about, you know, this is very the viral life cycle is very different than a bacterial life cycle. Then, oh, no. right. But, right,
0: But let's talk about the body itself being the strongest defense against any sickness. And yeah. you know, the Bible says you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're to take care of ourselves. Oh yeah. We're to you oh, know. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, it says exercise, physical exercise profiteth little, but it profiteth, the scripture yeah, says. Yeah, yeah. Um, it says, be not drunk of wine. I mean, there's admonitions to take care of our body. Yeah, um,
1: uh, yeah I love that. I, I mean, I do not disagree, well, like, you know, what he or she was saying, I do not disagree at all. Uh, I'll um, let you know it's a he. He, okay. Uh, so, so absolutely. So he, a hundred percent, you know, um there's no current evidence. So if we're talking from science, there's no evidence to say that if you smoke, you're more likely to die from uh, COVID-19 infection. However, it would be ridiculous for us. It's almost, it's almost a ridiculous study to have because we know that. Of course it is. Uh, you know, if you have COPD, you're more likely to have a bacterial pneumonia. I, if you have a viral pneumonia, your symptoms are going to be worse. You are absolutely... At risk, and the, the the data coming out of China and and Italy, 100 percent, that's a factor. If you look at the total number of the population that smoke; um, that is absolutely.
0: Yeah, they I were. I would believe that to be the, true. The press came out and I had to do some research on it. A young girl had died and, and they said mm-hmm. she was completely healthy. Come to find out that she was vaping and, you know, and so. Which is, yeah, even worse. It, it, it is. Yeah. And, and you just, you have Supposedly. to really sift through this to grasp it. And right. there's there's lots. So uh, here's an interesting one. It's a terrible slide. Um, Sorry. And, and, and don't worry, you're, you're not sick. You're, your eyes aren't blurry. You don't have to go see the ophthalmologist. It's just a bad slide. Uh, But this is state restrictions during the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, The yellow ones are the stay-at-home, non-essential businesses closed. Uh, The light gray are not announced. And then the blue are non-essential businesses closed. So California has the stay-at-home, non-essential businesses closed. The blue are simply uh, non-essential businesses are closed. And then uh, the light colored have uh, really uh, no no restrictions now that combined with this there's the breakout. You can see the states that have everything closed and everyone has to stay at home have the largest incidents um, of outbreak, and some of these smaller ones don't. And fascinatingly enough, uh, w- where there's a high, pr- the, uh, not that this is a correlation, but but in 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 the in the western states, also New York and in Colorado, where there is this legalization of marijuana oh. th- 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 with the youth. I mean, these are these are things we're going to be looking at in time, uh, younger people it smoking, is. vaping, all of this stuff hitting. And so uh,
1: it's absolutely linked to COPD. Yeah. We've established that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, with all this information and we're looking at all these things, one of the, 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 the key purposes of our nightly live stream, uh, these fireside chats is obviously to give information to dispel. So we have the truth. So it dispels fear. Um, perfect love casts out all fear. And, and this, this idea that we come to understand this truth and then the fears dissipate. I, I know as we talked last night about prayer, to pray for kings and those in authority, to pray for our civic leaders, to spend time in prayer that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he guides it like a watercourse. Mm-hmm. The The, the uh, fervent effectual prayers of a righteous man accomplish great things, the scripture says. So with that being said, I was blessed by a friend of mine who has uh, reached out to hundreds of pastors up and down the state of California, and I'm going to join him. Uh, I'm going to ask the church to participate. Uh, I want to read this to you. Uh, This was his invitation, and I want to join in to his invitation. He says, I'm inviting you to join me in the California church in a three-day fast from April 1st to the 3rd as we collectively petition God to intervene and help California and the United States of America. Our focus will be to stop the spread of the coronavirus and that this crisis would lead to a revival in his church and an awakening to the people who do not know Jesus. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm moved by it. Fascinating thing, and I did this study uh, um, probably a year ago. Uh, I did a a 15-day water-only fast. And it's interesting when your body goes into ketosis, all of your defense mechanisms are on the front and and your cells completely change during a fasting period. And they did that study at USC where they they allowed rats to fast or <laughs> allowed them to fast. They didn't feed them. <laughs> Not that they had a choice. They didn't they feed the rats for <laughs> y- for a day. Yeah. The others, they just fed them, and then they hit them with the chemotherapy. The ones that had been fasting did better Hmm. than the ones who were were eating. So you you look at a chemo patient or someone coming in to get chemo, and they're emaciated, and you're telling them to fast for a day. And those patients did far better in responding to the chemotherapy, and their bodies reacted in that way. I think when you're coming into a critical juncture, not only spiritually, does it attune you with God because, you know, the the foremost intense drives of a male are, are air, water, food, sex, and if you take food uh, and and you you not deny yourself, yeah you, yeah, you take food and deny <laughs> yourself, it's amazing that the one area that you can't that that you can live without the the other three you can't, but this you can live without, and if if your mind is warped and things are not going well, it just Puts everything into perspective and aligns you with the Lord. So a fast is not only critical spiritually, and it's also denying yourself, picking up your cross, interceding on behalf of others. But there's also a physical component to it that that really is helpful. So um, I would like y'all to join me for a fast, and that brings us to First Timothy two: pray for all men. Therefore, exert first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions. We did this last night, giving thanks. Uh, that they be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life and all godliness and reverence. Praying for kings and those in authority. Uh, there was a call in Britain um, and, and intercessory prayer for this man, uh, Winston Churchill, and in May of 1940, and the nation prayed for him. And what was happening in uh, May of 1940, I want you to see this timeline uh, on... May 10th, 1940, the Germans, after conquering Czechoslovakia, Austria, Poland, Denmark, Norway, and Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg, they began their invasion of France. And 35 days later, on June 14th, Paris fell. And in a matter of days, France would surrender on June 25th, 1940, and England would stand as Europe's only bulwark against the twin evils of fascism and Nazism. France would surrender on June 25, 1940 and England would stand as Europe's only bulwark as I said earlier. It was at this critical moment that Winston Churchill gave his third and final speech during the Battle of France, imparting words intended to bring hope to the people of his nation in this hour of great darkness. Now take heart in these words folks because this is this is the Lord wanting to minister through history. On June 18th, 1940, Winston Churchill stood before the House of Commons and gave a speech that would later be broadcast to the entire nation. And here's an excerpt from that speech. Whatever General Weingard has called the Battle of France is over. The Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed, and the life of the world may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will say this was their finest hour. Now, history records that it indeed was their finest hour. However, that victory did not come without a cost. As 450,000 British citizens died, 1% of the population. That would be like 3.3 million Americans dying today. I I share that story because, yeah, we're we're not at war with Nazi Germany. We are at war with a virus. How it was inflicted, where it came from, all these things are suspect. We don't know. The nation is unified in this battle. Folks died fighting hand to hand really uh, Americans stormed the beaches of Normandy to set free the lock of uh, of of the of what fascism had on Europe and to set folks free really we 're being asked to stay at home, wash our hands, and remain calm and be prayerful now. This battle is being fought at the highest levels of our government, requiring wisdom. They're getting conflicting data just as we have been sitting here trying to sift through it. They're doing the best they can. The greatest gift we can do, do for them is to pray and to set an example for the community. We're, we're to intercede and, and to minister and you, you say, well, it's difficult and it's over, overwhelming. Uh, I, I need to be at work and, and I'm lamenting the loss in my 401k. And, and I, 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 I don't have all, you know, my Starbucks and, and my latte that I normally get. And the, you know, make the best of it. Count it all joy. Look at this passage of scripture in James chapter one. It says, uh, oops, I lost it. Uh, I'm fighting. the. Uh, there we go. James chapter one profiting from trials. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You, you gotta be patient through this. As we covered um, in our, our previous passages in Philippians, be anxious in nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Uh, the idea that we are we are to to be patient. This faith produces that patience. People are looking to us as Christians on how we handle this mess. Christians have always been instrumental in every plague in human history. We've been the ones to serve. We've been the ones to man the hospitals. We're not the whiners. We're not the complainers. We're not the fearful. We're the servants. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant of all. Don't operate in the context of fear. Be wise. Ask God for wisdom. And you do that by prayer and seeking his precepts as you meditate on them. Read his word. Ask him for wisdom. He'll give it. Exodus 14, uh, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. The Lord will fight for you. He'll fight for us. He's going to make sure that he'll keep us in perfect peace if our mind is steadfast on him. We look unto the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. Faith not tested isn't a faith worth having. Christians are like, like, you know, English tea bags. You don't know what's in them until you put them in hot water. And the essence of Christ is to permeate the culture around us. Stand steadfast in the Lord. Minister to one another. Hebrews gives us uh, an admonition. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. I assume it's Paul. He didn't want people to know it was him reading it because Jews wouldn't read it. But he wanted this letter to go to Jews And he spoke this in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your own souls. You know, he endured the cross, to set us free from the law of sin and death by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That cross that we are going to examine in the days to come as we come into Good Friday, and Lord willing, and especially as we begin to fast and pray for this city, this county, this state, and this nation, and this world, as we call upon the King of Kings, the Great Physician, Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals as we deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him and serve one another and and cry out to God. He's going to take the crucifixion of Good Friday and bring the following week the resurrection of the living Savior, the one in whom we put all of our trust and hope. He loves us. He's for us. He fights for us. He wants us to trust him. And I think that's something that we as Christians need to really take advantage of. In a time of crisis, do you cower in fear or do you stand in faith? I shared the story of Winston Churchill because he looked at the American people as a hope, but he turned to the British people who he was responsible for. And he said to them, if we do this, it will be our finest hour. I don't think that's a a lot to ask. They were willing to die to set a continent free. God wants us to trust him and pray. And I, I know that if we do this, three days of fasting and prayer, Preparing for Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. This will be our finest hour. It's time for Christians to shine. We'll send out bullet points for prayer. We'll intercede and continue to pray for government authorities and leaders and first responders and those who are sick. and Just asking God's deliverance. We'll do that tonight at the close of our time together. Um, You know what? I think we're gonna do that right now. You guys ready for it? Let's uh, bow our heads and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are the hope of the world and you have given us a place where grace, love, mercy, and compassion belong. Caring and compassion abound. You've given us a place to go to you. You are the one who possesses all of these things. We have deep questions of life answered when we come to you. The pain of life is comforted for you're the great comforter. And God, you have declared that your bride, the church, would be your representation on this earth. And Lord, you have called us to minister, that you've given us this opportunity in this time to show the world the beauty of Christ and his church. And so, God, we thank you. We look unto you, Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, and that joy that was set before you when you endured the cross on behalf of my life and all on this earth throughout all of history. You despised the shame and you sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And there you are today, interceding. And so, Lord, we want to say thank you. And so, God, in like manner as your church, as your people, we intercede for kings and those in authority. We pray that you'd give them wisdom. We pray that you'd give them comfort. We pray that you'd speak to them in the quietness of of their dreams at night. Lord, even if they seek to do something nefarious, Lord, arrest them. In in their thoughts, bring dread upon them that they would realize that it's against God and God alone that they would sin. And there is an accounting that they would give. Lord, we pray for our first responders, our doctors, our nurses, all those who are bringing care, our truck drivers, uh, our, our food service workers. I went to Albertsons today seeing these young people tirelessly working. Lord, those who are bringing and delivering food and Lord, just the countless folks interceding. We want to say thank you. Protect them, Lord. For those who are sick, we pray that you would heal them. We pray that you comfort their families, that you would bless them. We pray, Lord, that you would cause an awakening and a revival in this nation. And Lord, we pray that you would use this as you promised to work all things together for good, that you would even take this invisible enemy, this virus, and use it together for good. For those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, we love you. And we want to be about your business so, Lord, we thank you. Bless you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've closed every night together with uh, Numbers chapter 6. And I'm going to do it again. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. So may the Lord bless you and keep you and give you peace. And we'll talk tomorrow. We'll give you updates. Pray. Read your word. Calm down. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Good night.